Hey, good morning, Nashville. This is the Money Man Mike Show, where we talk all things real estate here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. This morning, we have the one and only back in the house, Miss Andrew Brewer. I'm the one and only. <laughs> You've been missing a lot lately. Yeah, yes. I've been out of town. I've had stuff going on. Vacationing, out man. playing Whatever. around. Things well, happen. I, it's, it, it feels like it's been a month yes. since, since we've seen you. Well, it hasn't. Longer. It was like. New Have you years. been on this year? No. Hey, Michael. Harris, nice to meet you. <laughs> Hello, nice to meet you. <laughs> she hasn't been on this she year. Say, I don't think she has been on this year. Okay, whatever. <sighs> Get over it. Have you met our that... producer, Jimmy? JT. I have. The hey, Jimmy. What's up? Hey, nice to meet you. What's your name again? Man, y'all come on. <laughs> you guys are rough. I hope you're easy on me today. <laughs> Take it easy on you for sure. Oh and Mr. they're nice to the new people. <laughs> what? For two segments, anyway. Yeah. Then we have David Dalaluki. Hey, man. Mastermind behind the Capital Homes crew out there building all the fine homes here in Nashville. How you doing this morning? Not bad, man. And yourself? Excellent. And then we have Jack from the Hermitage Lighting Gallery. My good friend, Jack. Glad to be here. You guys have some phenomenal lights. Thank you. Thank you. They just actually got back from Dallas this past weekend buying a bunch of more fixtures to put on the floor. What is new and exciting? Well, LED is definitely the the hot button now. And there are more and more decorative LED fixtures. Before it was just light bulbs and simple fixtures, but now some pretty decorative lights are coming LED. So, now, we've been right. using uh, the flush mount LEDs at Capital right. for about two years now. Right. And they're fantastic. They're mostly designed to replace kind of the recessed lights with a flush mount light that doesn't run into the framing issues or right. weight placement. Uh, what are some of the other benefits of those things? Well, obviously, the longevity of them. You know, How long do they last? They're going to last anywhere from 35,000 to 50,000 hours, depending wow. on the manufacturer. But basically, we tell people if they buy an LED light bulb, put it in today, have a baby born next week, they don't have to worry about changing it until they go off to college. Wow. Oh, so, my God. That's cow. crazy. So, so that's pretty pretty exciting. And it gets better and better every day. I mean, just, uh, as we speak now, I'm sure what we've been using in your house mm-hmm. has probably been improved now where um, just everything, the quality. So how many hours again did you say? Anywhere yeah. from 35,000 to 50,000 hours. Okay. And how much is a regular incandescent light bulb? How long does it last? <laughs> thousand hours, maybe. <laughs> you know the kid hundred. you just had? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before he starts teething, she will need more yeah. bulbs. No, it's... Uh, and, the, and it's it's just a good product. The, so, pro, the prices have coming down. It's just a good it's just wow. a good good way. Even if you start part of the house now, you, by the end of the year, you, you'll have the whole house complete. You'll be set. So thirty five times longer to fifty five times longer. About, about that long, right? Right. Holy mackerel! Yeah, that's amazing. It is that's amazing. amazing. It is amazing. And do they use more electricity or less? Electricity? Oh, it's a third less. In most third cases. less. Yeah. How is it that they use a third less? They seem to be a fraction of the regular light bulb size but yet they're brighter they are they are brighter you're right and in in comparison a 60 watt incandescent bulb we normally used to the replacement's about an eight watt wow so you do the math in a a whole house Uh, a whole house you'll see a little bit of saving it's when you get into more commercial and Mm -hmm. um, the words really big savings to those guys now the other thing that i've noticed for myself is yes, it uses a lot less electricity, but in the summertime, not so much in the wintertime, but in the summertime, 
the cast off heat from those recessed lights yeah. mm-hmm. makes me turn my air conditioning down more because it gets hot, especially yeah. in my kitchen. Right. Yeah. Where a lot of people like to have those recessed lights yeah. or, or the flush mount LEDs. You're in that kitchen where you've got your oven on or your stove on, you're throwing heat as it is, and then you add on top of it some light bulbs to to make it even hotter. Right. No, it makes a big difference. Even in bathrooms, think about the vanities that people have six, eight light bulbs right in their face. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you get hot you as get a hot. girl when yeah. they're getting ready. Yeah. Yeah. It gets hot. You know, David and I, we don't, you know, we're in and out before the bulbs even turn on, oh, but, on. you know. Not, uh, not GQ here. <laughs> it takes a little while to get my hair going. <laughs> <laughs> <just like you. laughs> mm-hmm. All right. For those of you listening, he does not have any hair. I have hair. It's just oh. not, you know, not that you on top. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep it nice and short. You know what else I thought of is I have a friend who does a lot of, well, she used to do solely property management and yeah. When it snowed one year, somebody called her out there. I mean, like, you know, when everybody's, like, home on lockdown, and she drove across town, and all they needed was a light bulb changed. Wow. <laughs> and see if they had an LED. LED. That wouldn't happen LED. in that no. whole year that they lived there. Oh. No. No. Makes a big difference. Yeah, that's pretty wild. So, so I guess with – there's always been concerns. and I, I mean, you've been doing it forever as far as those can lights, but they're – because of the heat that they give off, you've got to make sure all your insulation's away or have those big, yeah. you know, housings or whatever. So with the LED recessed can light, I mean, could you essentially almost have insulation next to it because it doesn't put off any heat? I would I would still go with an insulator-ready can. Obviously. It, 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 obviously. But the, to answer your question, the LED will not give off that type of heat. Where in the past you were limited on some trims to a certain wattage. Right. With the LED, obviously, you'll never exceed that. So you could use more trims now than you could in the past in certain um, applications. And to kind of clarify what Jack's talking about, he's talking about the trim kit that goes on the outside of the light fixture so that you can have directional lighting or different tones and different scope in terms of the the width and the depth of the light, how how it broadcasts out of the fixture. Um, We use flush mount LEDs, and one of the nice things about those – Mike, is that we don't have to worry about that at all. So we don't have to worry about our customers going in after they move into the house and messing up the insulation and having it fall onto the can and having the can catch on fire because we're using a flush mount product so that it's on the the safe side of the drywall, so to say, 100% of the the fixtures on the other side of the drywall. And and then they could be used outside now, you know, they're weatherproof, the fixtures, so that's even more of a plus before you couldn't even – Think about going outside with some of this product, but now it is available for outdoor use. So we're seeing a lot more exterior fixtures being used, especially the floodlights where, again, you, how many times you want to go up on a ladder? You can barely reach a bulb every three, four months. Now you put that up there and you're done. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about how if you're building a custom house, how do you work with your contractor to get the different lights that are available but in terms of styles right now, are you seeing any? I'm seeing more and more crystal on on chandeliers and so forth coming back. Are you are you noticing any particular style that you're seeing more of or less of? Well, definitely the industrial. We've seen a lot of the industrial work, the old warehouse type products. We've seen a lot of that out there now. But uh, some people going with the crystal in the dining room is their focal point, and then and simple fixtures in the rest of the house. Interesting. Yeah. We'll pick that up on the other side of the break. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back.
Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You are listening to the Money Man Mike Show. We talk all things of real estate. And before the break, we were talking with Jack from Hermitage Lighting and Gallery. And you know, we we're talking about how the longevity of the bulbs and so forth, the old um, um, incandescent. incandescent. I, I knew I wasn't going to say it right. <laughs> versus the LEDs. I mean, and you were talking about how they. LEDs are moving more to the exterior, and I can speak personally to that because I have a bunch of landscaping lights, and everybody that has those floodlights, they know the PAR 36s. Right. And it seemed like you repl- you replaced them. Oh. Two weeks later, you're doing it again. And I started ordering the LEDs, and, man, I don't replace them at all now. I mean, it, they just go and go and go, and they're brighter. Yeah. Even though it's a still the same light, though, right, and they use right. a whole lot less power. I'm getting ready to replace mine too. I mean, I'm it's just phenomenal. It, it makes such a huge, huge difference. Oh yeah, and all the things that you can do. Because when you guys were talking earlier, and you the the chandelier with the crystal, I mean, just however you accent it, you know, with additional fixtures. But you could use your lights as an accent in the way you place them, the colors, the way you do everything. I mean, it's just unbelievable what you can do with lights these days. Lights. I mean, we always tell people, especially if we get. A new house come in. There's no electrical plan, and they want us to help lay out. We always talk layering. Layering. Where we're doing in a dining room, for example, you have your center chandelier. Mm-hmm. You might have two little pin lights on the side, maybe directing lights through the crystal, and you've got four lights from the perimeter of the room, and everything switched separate so you can lower and raise the levels to give uh. the the room different. Because um, you use a dining room for a lot of different things, and yeah, that's you true. need to be able to adjust the light. So. Yeah, lights, lights fun. Lights, there's a lot of things you could do with lights. That's just a and lighting's important. I mean, when is. I'm set, when people are buying a house and you walk through, everybody wants like a natural light feel, or they want to be able to see good. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I I spent the weekend at a friend's cabin this past weekend, and the whole weekend I was like, I hate the lights in here. I never said that, but I was like. Because one, I wanted to dim, yeah. and the other, I wanted to brighten. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, like, kind of a weirdo about it when I'm at home, too. My lights have to be a certain way, depending on what I'm doing. But lights make a huge difference in your house. I, I can totally speak to that because yeah. I was out of town on our conference lately, or the last week, and the room was phenomenal. But it was, like, very dimly lit, mm-hmm. which, you know, set to the ambiance and everything. But it's like, crap, if you wanted to read a book— you weren't going to do it in there. Yeah. So, or if they're too bright. Yeah. Sometimes they're too bright. And it's just like, whoa, could yeah. we dim that a little? But exactly. it's just, it doesn't have a dimmer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm sure that you do this, but it always amazes me how many people who, when they're selling a home, the realtor doesn't say to them, when we have a showing, turn, on turn all the all lights, the lights. The windows and blinds, yes. Don't try to save money for 20 minutes. Turn the lights exactly. on. <laughs> I tell everybody that. It is funny. And the other thing that is kind of funny when we have a model how people just have this natural reaction, this this rote process of turning lights off. I can turn them all on, and then people walk around the house, and they're turning them off as they go. <laughs> and it's just, and, I, and I, I think it's subconscious. I don't think they even know that right. they're doing it, but they're yeah. turning lights off yeah. as they go. And i got to run back. Every time I show a house, i got to run around and turn a lot of the well, lights when we were off. young, our parents always would tell, turn the light off. Uh, you leave the room. Put, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, because you would just, those things would burn dollars. Yeah. I mean, right. they just go and go and go. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what about, you were talking before the break, the um, how we can get packages together. You were talking about well, how we I mean, can customize some stuff. And, and, and Jack can speak to this even better than I can. But 
for a lot of production builders, your bigger production builders, they have one light package and they may have one upgrade for the whole house. This is this is one package. This is the other package, and and those are your choices. Um, and that that works pretty good for them because they're a big production builder, building a lot of houses at once, and trying to swap out light fixtures is not going to work for them. And then other builders, custom builders. Well, Jack, let me ask you. I mean, if a fully custom builder that's going to give them like a, a lighting allowance, how does that work with them? Well, basically, like you said, they're going to give them an allowance, and that's based basically on the size of the house, the sale price of the house. That's you know up to the builder and the and the homeowner. But once they get the allowance, they are coming down to the store and choosing lights for the whole house. Um, we, you know, we'll, we'll have a complete list ready for them to make their selections. And, uh, and with that allowance, we have a sales staff that will try to keep them within that balance of the, the, um, allowance. the allowance that they're, they're given. And it's tough, but, and we got to explain to them that, you know, you know, if you allow us to help you, we'll, we'll guide you through it properly and keep you within that. But, uh, but of course the first picture they pick, there goes the allowance. So, <laughs> so it's tough. But a lot of times the, the understanding is if they do go over the allowance, then um, then obviously they know they've got to pay the difference. And most of the time they pay us. They don't, we don't, even, they don't bother with the builder, so they'll, they'll pay us the overage before that. But, ship. but, but it's a simple, simple – I say it's simple. Um, we have people that could do it in two hours, mm-hmm. and we have – some people need to come back two times before they can finish the you house. You have a lot of cool lights, though. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I've been. In, I went in there yeah. not too long ago. Now, do yeah. y'all only do lighting? No, 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 no. We um uh, we have the appliances. Okay, because I knew y'all had some kitchens and stuff. Yeah, set we, up in right, there. we do. We do custom kitchen design. So we have a full um, certified staff that builds and our designs, and we have cabinets built for them. We also now in the hardware business. You know, people have been in Nashville a long time. Remember Langford Hardware. Well, our company bought out Langford before she closed her doors down, so now we have the door hardware. So it's kind of a one-stop shop for a lot of people to come into our place. Yeah. How? When did Hermitage Lighting Gallery actually get started? Uh, it's we're in our seventy-second year right now. Wow! So it's been around a long time. The third generation, Jack Flasher, um, runs it. It was his grand mother's grandfather who started it and now apparently he has a one of his sons that's in the business now so we're hmm. expecting a fourth generation to, to jump on board and hopefully be around another 30 40 years wow. that's, that's cool great. you all have a great show place too yeah Thank it's you. awesome what about you i see all the time um get out on pinterest or on the internet and all this fiber optics it seems like that's maybe the next wave next wave to come outside the leds um well actually i think fiber optics was kind of the other way around fiber optics a few years ago was a was a, was a hot button for a oh, while really? but it was just a real expensive um there was, and it really wasn't a lot you could do with decorative lights with with the product um now some application more commercial you probably can use that but uh, residential LED was is definitely where we're seeing everything going now. Huh. I thought it was the other way around. Yeah, yeah. I learned something. Yeah. Now let me run back just a little bit real quick. So you okay. you talked real quick about how if you dealing with a custom builder, mm-hmm. what you can expect, and I, you'll forgive me. I want to talk a little bit about Capital Homes. Okay. You know, you can go to <laughs> capitalhomeideas.com to find out more about us, of course, or our Facebook page. But specifically, when it comes to Capital Homes, our program. We have kind of a mix between that production builder where we have this is our standard package, but then we also give them the opportunity to come into your showroom if they want to. And how does that work for them? 
Well, I was like obviously you said you give them a choice to come in. Um, we have with David Capital Homes, we have preset packages already in place, and they're uh, allowed to come in and change the rooms they want to make a you know a different selection. And there's a dollar amount that's given for each fixture, and um, they just make an appointment with uh, Jennifer to come in, and um, she already knows what fixtures are going to be replaced and how much money they have to pay towards it. And she does the same process, whether it's a, you know, it's that big million-dollar home they're making custom selections or, you know, a three four $400,000 capital home. She treats it the same way, and she walks them through, um, helps them, give them some ideas. Or if they bring in ideas, like you mentioned Pinterest, that's a very popular thing for people to come in and pull out their yeah, phone saying, see that. we already got stuff we like. Do you have it? That. And and, and that's what we and that's where we kind of came up with our program is people would say, hey, everything else I don't really care about. I don't care what you put in my closets or you put in my bathrooms, but I want my dining room fixture to look like this. Mm-hmm. And, and what we wanted to try to do was give people that full custom ability, but also keep it very simple rather than overwhelm them because we are a production kind of a builder. So rather than overwhelm them, you got to go in there and pick what typically 18 I, fixtures in a house. They can right. go in and just pick one if they one. want to. Most, and like I said, most of the time they're coming and picking two or three. It's usually the foyer, dining room, and the living room is what they're – and maybe the island lights. That's yeah. usually what we see them making the selections on. And you know, some of them are able to spend the allowance. Um, but if they go over, they understand, but they're getting what they want. They're not you know, moving in and kicking themselves for not doing anything earlier. Yeah, I mean, not, and most electricians, they're 200 bucks just yeah. to take the ladder yeah. off the truck. Right. I always tell people <laughs> it's better to do it now and try to change it later. Yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Right. Hey, you've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show. We've been talking with Jack from Herbert's Lighting Gallery, and we're going to jump out to the break, and when we come back, we're going to finish up with Jack and then get into some uh, real estate stuff. So you've been listening to the uh, Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You listen to the Money Man Mike Show, where I am forgetting things right now. You are now. completely lost, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am lost. You're having a moment. Well, we were, we I'm were totally gonna, having a moment. We were going to talk about when we got back yes. why Capital Homes does it the way that we do. That is right. And then there's a handful of reasons, and, and Jack can help me with this as well. But one of the things that every now and then people say to me is, can I just go to Home Depot or Lowe's and buy the fixture and hand it to you? And, and the answer is no. And the reason is because Come on, as soon man. as I touch it, I take responsibility for it. You so know? if you break it? If I break it or whatever. So if they go to Hermitage and they pick out just one fancy fixture for the dining room or for the breakfast area, then Jack is going to take care of getting it delivered to me. I'm going to take responsibility for installing it. If it gets cracked or broken, I know where to get the replacement parts right away. I don't have to worry about it being a clearance item that they only had one of. Nah, right? right? And so so we can provide that. And then I can also warranty it for the full year and provide the manufacturer's warranty because I supplied it. And so that's why we do that. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to give people the best of both worlds, the simplicity of that production builder thought process of these are your fixtures and that – I want to change three of them. And yes, you're going to continue to get that great warranty and that service, and you don't have to worry about whether or not if something happens to that fixture, you're going to be able to get a replacement part. And He's so that, that's, what, that's what we're trying to do. And, and Jack, when they come in, they're paying a contract. They're not paying a retail price, correct? They're paying the contractor price. The contractor right? price, right. And they're getting the credit back for the fixture that they're not installing. 
Because right. you guys have those numbers already worked out for that. That's correct. And in addition to the one-year warranty that Hermitage provides, regardless of what the manufacturer will do beyond the first year. So um, especially when they're doing fans, because you know, most of your houses, I know you pre-wire for fans. Mm-hmm. And most of the callbacks we get is a balancing issue with the fans. So, you know, they come from us, then there's not a problem with us, you know, taking care of that issue. So. Yeah, and I, and I, there's no way for me to offer the hundreds of different of fans that are available. So we have, if we someone says, I want a fan, we give them a basic contractor-type mm-hmm. fan. And if they want to go get the banana blades or they want to go get the bamboo blades or whatever, they can go get whatever they want from Hermitage, pay Hermitage directly for the difference, and then we take it from there. It's easy-peasy. That just seems smart because, I mean, why do you want to go pay the standard lighting package? And then go to Home Depot, Lowe's, or the Hermitage, or wherever you Replace all the stuff you've paid for. Yeah, I mean, you paid twice for the same light. Oh, yeah. You know, and people think, well, I'll just change it myself. No. Why? And and then if they mess up and they burn their house down, you know, boy, that was not worth it, was it, to save, you know— the couple hundred hours to have a professional do it, mm. number one. And then number two, you know, it's a couple hundred bucks to get that professional show up. So mm-hmm. we're going to save them that extra expense, make it a, very easy for them to kind of do that. It works out pretty well. I think it's smart. Yeah. You get somebody yeah. like me that's banned from electrical work and a simple light <laughs> replacement be just that. Are we banned by the wife? Oh, we're banned by the family, the wife, anybody <laughs> that knows and seen me do uh, electrical work. I'm They're like, mm, nope. Yeah. You know, it's fun. I, I w- studied electrical engineering in, in school, and I do not touch wires at my house. I just I just know that there's a lot of trouble there, and I just assume not be a part of making it worse. The YouTube education you give yourself for about five minutes does not translate over very well to real-world applications when you're dealing with electrical work. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in some of the older houses, you know, that Andrew deals with, you know, the, right now, the way that they wire stuff, you're turning on and off the electricity at the switch yeah. to the outlet. The, some of those older houses, there, I can't remember, was it called dead leg wiring or whatever, where the, the power goes to the outlet and you're, and, and you're, and so those things are hot. Yeah, you're killing the ground. And, all you can do to make it so that it's not hot is to th- pull the, the glass breaker out, you know. And, boy, I, you know, that's a funny dance that people do on the top of those six-foot ladders when they mm-hmm. get hit. Man, it's, it's, it's kind of – they're grooving, but it's not fun or, or happy either. It's a long fall from there. And you get people that come in there and they rewire things, and now all of a sudden all your wires are different. You're going from, you know, two gate or uh, yeah. 10-2s or 10-12s yeah, yeah. to 3s. and Oh, yeah. That's – yeah. Oh, yeah. And some of those older houses are half and half. Oh, yeah. Half grounded and not half. You get big messes. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. Call a professional electrician. (laughs) (laughs) What else do we need to know about the Hermitage Lighting Gallery? Well, just that um, we work, again, with builders of all sizes, you know, from packages that David offers to the custom builders. Um, Even if you're doing a house yourself, we work with a lot of... um, you know, homeowners are pulling the permits themselves that that will come in. And, again, we'll help lay out the lights for them and, uh, and kind of guide them right through the, uh, the very end until they're installed. And you just help people with just off-the-street remodels too, right? Remodels. Um, and, and, again, going back to doing stuff now as you're doing new, most of the remodels or add-ons that I go to are – we wish we did more lights. What can we do? I don't have enough light in my kitchen. What can I do? And a lot of these houses, the way they're built with these vaulted ceilings, it's a major um, oh, yeah. labor to add more things to it. You so, cut the ceiling and all so that I always stuff. tell people, you know, 
you could always add, overdo it. And again, like like Andrew said, use dimmers. You could always put them on dimmers, but I would always have too much light and dim it down. And the one th- thing I always hear is, but I've got all these cl- lights, or I've got all these windows in my closet, and I'll have all this great light when I get dressed. And I'm going, I know when I get up and get dressed at 5 o'clock in the morning, I don't have any light coming in my windows. So people, you know, they got to, you know, think beyond that window or the skylights they have. Mm-hmm. And, again, put more than you think you need and, and dim it, and you'll, you'll be happy. And you'll, you'll right. have to call me back, and you'll be paying an arm and a leg for an electrician to come in and try to add wires and switches to you. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Anything else from a lighting no, standpoint? I think we're good. I think we're good. I think we're ready to go ahead and get my blood pressure up. Uh-oh. You want to get your blood pressure up? I think it's time. Jimmy, we might need some emergency. <laughs> blood pressure medication? We need something. Sorry, I don't have Holy it with me. Holy cow. What a whirlwind of activity the last couple of weeks on FHA MI uh, premiums, man. Yes, yeah, so and now you guys listening to us today, if you've first time tuning in and listening to us, you can always check us out here on the radio, or you can go out on Facebook at Money Man Mike Radio, or out on uh, the web at moneymanmike.net catch up on all of our past videos check us out and everything else but you'll see that last week we were talking about um two weeks ago two weeks ago thank you yeah. how fha was going to reduce the fha monthly uh mi amount it's the annual mi amount but what you see on your monthly statement and they were going to lower it by 25 percent well Save a good working family about five hundred dollars a year on a two hundred thousand dollar loan. Yes, and uh, and the first thing the and I'm not kidding you. And I'm <laughs> hey, if you support the I support our president always. Yeah. I always support our president, but when he does something that I don't like, I'm going to say something. <laughs> and the very first it's, thing he did. This is not a political rant, but this is a good good point of view on it. The very first thing he did was say, oh, no, we're going to rescind that, and we're going to raise that rate right back up where it was, and no, you're not getting the break. And so, Mike, let's talk about this a little bit. So the first question is, what's the maximum FHA loan amount? Oh, now you're going to put me on the spot because they just changed all of the loan amounts. and uh, Plus or minus. If it if it falls in line with everything else, four twenty four one hundred. Okay, so four hundred and twenty thousand dollars. This is not a million dollar rich guy mansion house. This no. is a working person's house. This is middle class, middle America. The average FHA loan. Andrew, do you know what the average FHA loan amount was last year? Mm, two twenty. It was one hundred ninety nationwide. Okay. One hundred ninety nationwide. Like yeah, right around two hundred. Okay. So, so there's it's basically a user fee. It's an insurance. It's a premium. It's a user fee, just like you know uh, any other user fee that you pay. Gasoline tax is kind of a user fee because you pay when you're using the roads. You, you pay for gasoline. So it's a working man's tax because millionaires do not use FHA to buy a house. Okay, it's a it's a working man's. We're going to run out of time. We're going to to come back and talk about this some more (laughs) because I got a lot to say about this mess. So he raised it right away. So here's part of the deal, and we'll talk about this when we come back. But this is the deal. Back when the Great Recession happened, there was all those foreclosures. They had to raise the rate because FHA was going underwater. Absolutely. It lost money in that short term, and the reserves that they set aside, the 2% reserves, got used up plus some. Yes. Okay. Hence the bailout. Hence the bailout. Let's talk about the reserves when we get back, (laughs) where they're at right now, and why the 
Obama administration did something it needed to do and why the Trump administration better figure it out soon and leave it the way it's supposed to be. Jim, you got your hand on the 911 dial? <laughs> He's hot it. in here, bro. Oh. You need to turn the air on, buddy. It's My hot. blood pressure's getting up. <laughs> He's passionate about this. Hey, come back to us here in a few minutes. We'll finish up this conversation and wrap the show. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show and David Lukey talking about FHAMI. There you go. We're out. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You are listening to the Money Man Mike Show, and this morning it has been the Hermitage Lighting Gallery. But that place is just phenomenal. It is. Yeah. I mean, thank you for Jack for being here this early in the morning because, I mean, if you've got lights, you can't find them. You can't find them at the box stores. Go down there. Yeah. I mean, if you want have, a unique light or something cool, that's a great place to go. Yeah. I'd much rather spend an extra 15, 20, 30, 50, couple hundred bucks on a light because, I mean, you're going to get something. People are going to walk in and go, that's cool. And it's amazing how those little things will just make the room or just They the add touch. to the character of your yes. home. Yes, yes. So with that being said, we're going to jump back into FHA and – give david his soapbox back because oh my goodness he loves this but this is a good subject and it who, needs to be reduced back down who would have thought that anybody could make fha premiums interesting and exciting the way that the current administration has gone out of their way to make it interesting and exciting my favorite line i have to say so so here's what we were talking about we were talking again about how when there was the recession and all the defaults, they had to raise more money because the FHA fund to help cover some of these losses got depleted. And the the current administration's statement is, well, we spent $1.2 billion bailing everybody out, and some of that came out of the FHA fund and so forth. But all of that money has been returned plus some, and in fact... FHA has been over its 2% backup money that they want to have for 18 months. So the, the Obama administration was <laughs> slow on lowering this rate because they wanted to build up the reserves. And they were waiting for a very specific moment in time. So my favorite statement that has been made by Dr. Carson, Secretary Carson now, is that, well, I don't know enough about this subject I need to study it some more before I can decide whether what the previous administration wanted to do makes sense. Let me look into it, and I'll get back to you. Again, if you're listening to this, you need to go to moneymanmike.net and look at the video because I love the passion that's coming behind this man. Well, I t- you know, and if you if you want to tell me that I'm an idiot, feel free to email me directly. You don't have to email Mike first. You can go to my Facebook page and say whatever you want to say. But I mean, it's just this is something okay. that that people you know, or go to <laughs> capital go to Capital Home Ideas and send me an email. I, I don't mind. But this is something that working people, school teachers, policemen, people working down at Starbucks, this is something they're going to pay. This is not something, it, 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 it's, it is a, a user fee. I don't want to, I wouldn't call it a tax. but For it, people that are using pay. FHA loans. Yeah. Uh, let me balance it out. Go ahead. I would like to see it reduced. It used to be 0.55 or 55%. Yeah. So, and it's currently at 85. Now, I would much rather see them, and if they do this, I would support them keeping FHA where it's at. 
if they would reduce the loan level adjustments on conventional mm. and open up the lending guidelines on FHA, I'd support that all day long because conventional conventional was raised because when you go back and look at the the timeline of all the, the FHA and everything mm-hmm. being increased. Mm-hmm. People were going from FHA over to conventional. So all of a sudden they were trying to balance out the defaults and the risk and everything else. So they raised all the loan level adjustments up. And loan level adjustments are credit score adjustments for if your score is not 740, you get a hit. And there's a specific hit from 740 down to 720 and then another hit from 720 down to 700 and it goes in 20 point increments. So it adds up quickly. So if they would reduce those at the same time, on FHA, open it up to where FHA can op- can help more people, more buyers, because that's really what I think they want to do. Whether they do it or not, different story. But if if they just keep it at 85, then I'd agree with you. Totally. Well, they're not talking about rewriting the rules on credit scoring. They're, they're, they're flat out talking about the reserves. The, what, the, what the... What they are talking about is nothing but the reserves. Here's the other key piece. Go ahead. The CFPB, there is belief that it's about to be completely, and the CFPB is the Consumer Protection Financial mm-hmm. Bureau, and they govern um, the entire financial industry. They help set up the formats for the disclosures that you have to yes, issue. Yes, and that I know is one thing that – they spoke about or Trump spoke about in debates on wanting to roll a bunch of that stuff back, get rid of the one point director, put in a board of directors so there's more leniency and more pro business and everything else. Because there's a lot of things that we still don't know today whether we're doing it right or wrong because of the vague rules and guidelines that the CFPB is given. They just want to come out and rule with an iron fist, and it puts lenders in a position where they're scared to lend. But at the same time, everyone's saying, hey, loosen things up, but yet we don't know how to loosen things up because we don't know what's right or wrong. And that's really the simplest way to put it. So if the if they scale back some of the CFPB, some of it's good. Mm-hmm. I like the, the current format, but some of it's just too restrictive. It's very rigid. And if they would roll back the loan level adjustments on conventional, make that more convenient and then help uh, self-employed borrowers. Mm -hmm. That is the biggest area that people really need help. Excuse me. In my opinion, I mean, I don't have the exact numbers of how many small business owners that there are out there or people that report 1099 income as self-employed. But those people are getting run to the ringer because they have to fully qualify. And it's like, you need what? You need what? You need how much more? I mean, it's just that's where I would devote stuff. Loan level adjustments, the conventional loans, and if they would reduce DMI, I think at that point you would be happy and understand. I mean, it's it really is a function of when we have these types of quasi-government programs. And, and, and some people hate quasi-government programs. Like they think that flood insurance should not be a part of a government function. Mm-hmm. I happen to disagree because there won't be flood insurance yeah. because you're Wouldn't not going to get in the process. Somebody didn't make you do it. No. Yeah. Well, and, and on top of that, I mean, the government backs it up and there's no insurance company that could possibly afford to take the hit if they started writing flood insurance and, and there was a flood them. the next week. Yeah. 
you know, so you need that you need that government. And if you don't think that you need that government involvement in that program, look at other countries mm-hmm. and look how undeveloped their economies are yeah. and understand that part of the reason why is because they don't have the right kind of government backing of these programs. I mean, I, I got a friend of mine who was spent some time down in Haiti just last month trying to do this program where they're trying to bring jobs to Haiti. And, you know, he was going through the whole paces and, I, and he was telling me how great this program was. And they were instead of just making trinkets, you know, making jewelry and and leather oh, products, they want to try to make pistons and, and, and ball hitches and stuff like that. And I said, yeah, but what happens if NAFTA gets retraded? And he had this shocked look on his eye. He didn't even think about that, you know. It's reality. And they have a real problem. They have a real bona fide problem of trying to build a factory down in Haiti because as soon as they build the factory, the government is not strong enough there to defend it from people stealing from it. There's not a strong enough police force to protect the place. Mm-hmm. And, and man, so you need those types, in my opinion, you need those types of government programs. Otherwise, the thing's not going to work. And FHA is one of those quasi-government programs that's yeah. set up within the government so that we can have loans that where people only have to put 3.5% down instead of 20% down. And some would say, well, that's terrible. We should never have that kind of government intervention. Okay, if you're, if you're prepared for property values to yeah. drop 20% and you think that's a good idea. Did you, and no one being able to buy. Yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I did not know this statistic that I read uh, on CNBC's website this past Monday, that home ownership rates today – are at the lowest level they've been in 25 years. Mm-hmm. The lowest it's been in 25 years. And so the response, the administration's response to that fact that homeownership rate is dropping for the first time ever in this country is to make it more difficult for first-time homebuyers to buy a home by raising the cost. Because it's not it's not just that it raises their cost, Mike, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but that $40 a month is going to impact their debt-to-income ratio, Correct. It impacts, and that's an interesting point that um, I was going to say until next week's show, but I'll, I'll bust it out now because they were also talking about the home, affordable, home affordability index, and NAR, the National Association of Realtors, put this out. But the baseline that they've established, I can't even remember how long ago they established this, but it's been reporting since forever. Let's just go with that. The baseline's 100, and anything above – is good. Anything below is bad. And they were talking about last week how the home affordability was at 170, whereas in uh, 2015 it was 164. And then 14 was 164. In 13 it was 176. 2012 it was 197, which is wow. the peak. So you look at this on the surface, it looks like home affordability is going down, so it's getting harder to buy a house. Mm. Now, you turn around, and I'm showing Andra and David wow. this graph. When you step back and look at everything in a full picture for the entire or, or bigger picture or longer timeline. Going back to the 90s, yeah. Yeah. Everything in this industry, for some reason, we look back seven years. Yeah. The seven years just happen to be the most worst time in our real estate yeah. market. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting here saying, all right, back in 2009, 2010, when they were giving away houses, they couldn't make it easy enough. Mm-hmm. And you're going to compare today at 170 versus 197 affordability and say, we're in a 
down market, or, or not a down market, but it's harder to get a home, turn back around and look at the present day back to 1990, and you'll see we are so far above the average yeah. over the past couple decades. Yeah. Well, you know, I encourage whoever is out there and who's decided that they, like myself, that this FHA stuff, this user fee, needs to come back down. Congress, you know, contact your congressman. <laughs> Say something to your senator. Give it, give it a next Say, sixty to one hundred and twenty days, and let's see where the cards fall. They better fix it. <laughs> Hey, if you missed any part of today's show, go out to moneymanmike.net or on Facebook, Money Man Mike Radio, and check out all of our videos and behind the scenes and good stuff. So we got to run. JT's giving us a sign. You guys have a great day. We're out.